Welcome back to Unscripted. I'm your host, Lindsay Amarine. This week, I was able to connect with such a wonderful individual with a passion for positive change. Dr. Paul Walker is the current president of ASHP and is a clinical professor and assistant dean of experiential education and community engagement at the University of Michigan College of Pharmacy and serves as a manager in the Department of Pharmacy at Michigan Medicine. You'll hear about his theme of better together for his presidential year that is resonating throughout the pharmacy community and what he hopes to achieve throughout the rest of his year. We also talk about the output and next steps from ASHP's Task Force on Racial Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion that he chaired. It's always wonderful to talk with him, and I think you'll really enjoy the conversation. Please enjoy Dr. Paul Walker. Well, it's good to see you. Likewise, good to see you. Well, yeah. I'm glad we have a chance to chat. Thanks for, thanks for taking the time. I, I think you you are full into your president year with ASHP. How's it been yeah. thus far? I have loved it tremendously. It is such an opportunity. You know, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. And yeah. it affords you so much. Um not only just a platform, you know, to, to say what you think is important and, and sort of push that out there for people to hear and hopefully to get with, but so many enriching experiences. I've had two international trips, uh, which were really impactful. Uh, the first one was uh, FIP, and I'd never been yeah. to an FIP meeting. And People were telling me, who, you know, those who normally attend were telling me that this one is very, very different than those in the past. Uh, it just felt different to them. A lot of it focused on the world's response to COVID and how pharmacists all over the world dealt with um, all of the challenges that, you know, the pandemic yeah. imposed getting vaccine, getting vaccine out into the community, particularly into the rural areas. And I think what impacted me the most was hearing firsthand stories from pharmacists in developing countries and the kinds of things that they yeah. faced. You know, intellectually, we know that we've got it good in America compared to a lot of the rest of the world. But to mm -hmm. hear their stories firsthand and the challenges that they faced was emotionally impactful. And to be honest with you, Lindsay, I was somewhat emotionally drained after the end of that meeting yeah. and needed to be recharged because just hearing their stories really, you know, tugs at your emotions. If you are any kind of compassionate individual at all, <laughs> it yeah. grabs you by the collar and says, you got it good. These folks don't. Uh, yeah. Look at what they, they struggle through. And so, you know, that was that was really phenomenal. Um, I had a chance to go to Dubai to attend the DUFAT meeting, which is the largest meeting of pharma and pharmacy in the Middle East and North Africa region. It was smaller this year than uh, it typically is because they're recovering from the pandemic, just like, you know, we are. And so yeah. they boast typically 20,000 uh, uh, participants or more, plus almost a thousand pharma companies um, and wow. other vendors um, who support pharmacy attend. And so it's this huge meeting. And 
it was impactful to me because, you know, it's just a different culture over there mm-hmm. to uh, interact with people from all over the Middle East. Um, and I did get to really get into some of the educational sessions um, as a representative of ASHP, I had to bring a welcome. Um, there were four of us that went. We each had to do a 45-minute platform presentation, and we presented a workshop. And I tell you, the workshop was phenomenal. The room was packed. Most of the attendees were younger people, uh, early oh, career great. pharmacists and pharmacy students, and they were so engaging and listening to their stories. Again, very, very impactful. Um, and these are things that I did not know went with the presidency. Because yeah. the two that preceded me were all on video, right? COVID, <laughs> yeah. they weren't able to travel. All remote. And it's been a phenomenal year. The things that ASHP is doing along the DEI lines um, as a result of the task force recommendations, it's just been phenomenal. I'm really excited about how the staff has I've taken the recommendations and really run with them to uh, get things implemented. ASHP has just been running like crazy around DEI, not just with products and supports for the members, but even within the staff itself, there's been a lot of change. Michelle Egan, um, the VP for Human Resources, has done a phenomenal job leading the staff effort, and they're really engaged uh, and they're they're talking about issues, and it's just phenomenal. Just to talk about some of the things that I think have been impactful as a result of those recommendations, I'll start with a personal story. Um, at the mid-year clinical meeting, one of the things that was phenomenal that was a result of all of the work around the task force recommendations was that the top awards this year went to four prominent, phenomenal, distinguished, well-deserving Black women. Um, I won't cite their names. I think you, you know, you probably know who they are. And yeah, if you want no, to, I can right. tell you who they are. But that was phenomenal oh, in and of itself, right? So yep. this young man, I was rushing into a meeting, and this young man stopped me and he said, I really just want to tell you how what I just saw in the opening session with so many uh, diverse people on the stage and prominent in our profession has really affirmed me in my identity as a minority uh, pharmacy student. He said, I have struggled. Uh, He was a P4. He said, I have struggled my entire career in pharmacy school because I have not seen people who look like me. I asked him, so how do you identify? He said um, that he was Latino. And um, so we talked a little bit about that and we got to another topic related to this. And he said, well, I identify with the gay community as well. And so we got to talk about some of the things that ASHP has done around the LGBTQ plus community uh, within our our profession, just to encourage him. And so to see the change just on the stage really impacted this one individual. And if it's impacted him, I bet it's impacting some others. I would definitely agree. I I like sitting in the opening session and and watching all the awards it it was kind of like a full circle moment knowing that the, they had the task force and um, all the recommendations came out and then all the work that we've done within the sections of you know making sure that yep. um, on the yep. slate 
and and the elections and all of that. And then, it, yeah, it was definitely a full circle moment of like, okay, I'm, we're starting to see it. Like the the flywheel yeah. is turning and we're starting to, to see some changes. Well, you know, when I look at the board, uh, first of all, we have had the last slate for national elections was the most diverse we have ever had. And we now have three black pharmacists on the board, two of which are black women. We have an Asian female on the board, and she is the first Asian American to become president of ASHP. So that in itself is progress. And I'm not saying that we need to keep, you know, three black people on the board, but the fact that we are consciously developing our slate with an eye to diversity, not just for black American pharmacists, but all pharmacists who are eligible to participate. Um, I think that is a, a big move in the right direction. Well, yeah, it's phenomenal. And I think the the pharmacy students that are coming through, the residents are definitely having those aha moments when they see mm-hmm. themselves represented in the people that are on the slate and the yep. people that ultimately get elected. Yep. And I think that's almost transitioning into you know our, our health systems as well. I I had the chance to talk with Tony Scott, who him and uh, Ricky Ogden did the paper on implementing DEI within your pharmacy departments. And and I think that's, you know, the next step is we've been able to do it at the professional organization level. And then now we need to sort of take it into our own institutions and be able to move it forward there. Exactly. And, you know, uh, with residency accreditation, you know, the standards have been revised. And they do have some focus uh, to ensure that residency programs are thinking about diversity issues uh, yeah. from the perspective of having uh, recruitment strategies and methods that consider diversity, making sure that there's appropriate exposure of the residents to diversity. Um, and so I think we're making strides. Um, I'm, I'm really pleased. You know, when I look at the products that ASHP has to support uh, its members, our members. Um, There's been huge uptake in certificate programs and a lot of interest in the podcasts. We've had a number of podcasts on very diverse issues. There's been a lot of stuff in the journal um, about Mm -hmm. diversity over the last year, uh, year and a half or so. And so I think we're on the right track. I really do think we're on the right track. I just hope that we can continue the momentum yeah yeah i think i think we've got the the wheel turning and now it's just keeping it keeping it moving down the track and maybe even at at an accelerated pace i think from here would would even be better Mm -hmm. um speaking of better um your uh presentation or your inaugural address as being president and was on better together which has honestly resonated with a, a lot of people. And I know I've had a lot of conversations with, with individuals that um, it, the, the theme of it definitely, I think resonates with all of us coming back into conferences and being back in person a little bit more, but uh, interested in your thoughts. And since you've uh, kind of given that theme for the year, how have you kind of seen it uh, transpire? I, Let's say that you are exactly right in, in um, how our community has responded. It has been very, very positive. Um, I will tell you that 
I just saw something, and Paula Castry, um, who works with our member services um, office department in ASHP, sent me an email last week with a clip from the uh, newsletter of the Connecticut Society of Health System Pharmacists. And I quote, I, I brought it up on my screen just so yeah. that I could quote it to you. It says, CSHP will embrace ASHP President Paul Walker's theme of better together. So <laughs> there's the, you know, the whole health system pharmacy group in Connecticut saying, we're with this. This is, this is the right thing to do. I've had many colleagues come up to me and talk to me um, about the content of the presentation and what it means. I've had many folks come up to me representing some aspect of diversity. I had one person come up to me and say, as you work through this over the next year, don't forget the Jews. Well, it never occurred to me what discrimination they might experience within our profession. Um, yeah. It just never occurred to me. Someone came up to me and said, you know, obesity is now being considered as a, an aspect or characteristic of diversity. What can we do for yeah. people with obesity? And if you look at the HR literature, there's stuff in there about how they have been discriminated against in terms of hiring practices, promotion, and, and so forth. And, you know, it just never occurred to me that that was um, a particular a group that might have some issues. And so it has really resonated with a lot of people. I've had a lot of invitations to come and talk about that theme and DEI. Um, I'm doing a presentation at the Michigan uh, Pharmacists Association later in a couple of weeks. Part of, a, we're calling it um, implicit bias part two or DEI part two or something like mm -hmm. that, uh, relative to something that my colleagues did last year. And my part is on how does diversity impact teamwork? And when we think about yeah. our interprofessional teams on the floor, when we think about our interprofessional teams within our departments, when we think about our interprofessional teams across the health system, how does diversity impact team dynamics? How does it impact team communications? And how can we be better as a team by paying attention to these kinds of attributes and, and how they impact our teamwork. And so it really has resonated with people. And I'm really glad to see that people are thinking about um, this as an issue and, and what they might be able to contribute to make things better. Yeah. Well, I think it, like you said, there, there's even components that I haven't really thought about of, of what that might mean for people. I think I was thinking of it more in terms of, We've been virtual. We've been apart for so long, and it sort of yeah. brings us back together. But it it's resonated with people. It sounds like in a, in a variety of, of ways, which is what you want and and address and and to kind of theme the year. You mentioned speaking a, a couple of times, and I noticed at summer meeting you're very comfortable and very good being on the podium in front of an audience and doing speaking. So wh where does that, that come from for you? <laughs> and believe it or not, I am, I am an introvert. <laughs> so <laughs> if, if that makes it any more astounding. But, you know, I have been in academia for over 40 years. 
And so yeah. you got a lot of lecturing that you do <laughs> in true. academia. So I've been up in front of people all the time. I also, with my wife, uh, pastor a small church. And so okay. yeah. I, I preach probably 48 Sundays out of 52. Oh, um, wow. And I, yeah, so I'm in front of people all the time running my mouth. I'm very <laughs> comfortable doing that. <laughs> as long as it's about stuff that I know um, that's yeah. in my wheelhouse, I'm very comfortable standing up in front of people doing public speaking. That doesn't bother me in the least. No, that's great. And and I even found that I think being, you know, speaking on something that you know is very different and much more comfortable than speaking on something that you don't really know. Yeah, you're not really absolutely. the expert, and uh, there that confidence factor is just huge between the two of them. But I, I'm sure you, being an, an introvert, need to recharge in a different way, maybe yeah. away from some people and. <laughs> I need my alone time. <laughs> yeah, the quiet time for sure. I do, I do. Yep. But you can swing to to be the extrovert and to do all the public speaking when you need to. Yeah, most most introverts can be extroverted when they need to be. I love. I really do love public speaking. I have done it, like I said, for over forty years, and so I'm very comfortable. I can talk to five people. I can talk to a thousand people. Um, it, yeah. It doesn't bother me. Yep. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Well, it sounds like the year has gone really well. And I think it's it's sort of resonating with everybody and, and what you're, you wanted to accomplish, you've been able to. Are there any other you know milestones that there, you kind of have on the horizon for the, the remainder of your year? Well, there are a couple of things that I want to still see happen, and I'm speaking with um, ASHP staff about how we can actually make it happen. When we talk about the work of the task force, um, while it was the task force on racial diversity, equity, and inclusion, it really focused on the Black community. You know, we, we talked about what was relevant and important for Black pharmacists, as well as uh, underserved Black communities primarily. And recognizing that, you know, some of them are applicable and will, you know, help others as well. You know, a rising tide raises all ships, as they say. But we haven't heard specifically from some of the other um, racial and ethnic groups and other uh, groups that are part of our diversity to really understand what some of their needs are. You know, we haven't really spoken to Asian pharmacists within themselves. They are quite a diverse group, right? You can't right. put all Asians in one bucket. And so we need to talk to them about what's relevant and what's important to them. Um, we really haven't spoken to the Hispanic, Latino, Latinx group, although, you know, we did have representation on the uh, the task force. But, you know, just as one Black person can't speak for all Black people, you know, one Native American or one person who's Hispanic, Latina can't speak for, you know, everyone in their, that particular demographic. And so we need to hear from, from others, other groups about what their concerns are and whether or not the recommendations that we promulgated really help them and meet their needs. And so I've had some conversations with some of the staff leadership about how we can make that happen. Um, and I've got a few more months left 
to, yeah. to, to make that happen. And so that's really kind of what's most important to me in terms of what I want to get done before my presidential year is over. I will have an immediate past presidential year, which right. perhaps some of this could happen then as well. Uh, but I think that's important. You know, we haven't really heard from the LGBTQ plus community in a while about what's now relevant and important to them and how can ASHP help our LGBTQ plus members in their professional roles? You know, what can we do to help people across a wider variety of diversity characteristics? Now, those are, that's a great point. And I think I've been excited to see maybe the, the next phase of the task force and, and where it kind of goes from here and, and that focus on other groups and mm-hmm. pulling in those other groups and other opinions into it. Because like you said, I, I think there's been a lot of political change as well. And right. uh, I think some of even when the task force recommendations came out, I think uh, we're in a little bit different climate for some of those groups than we probably were before. That's correct. That's correct. And, and we know that some of them do face discrimination. You know, look at what happened um, with um, Asian Americans during COVID. Um, yeah. you know, they experienced some pretty awful things. And so, yeah, that's that's kind of what's most important to me now as I'm you know, in the last several months of, of my presidency. Well, that's great. And I look forward to all that you are doing and we'll be excited to see it come to light. Great. Well, thank you so much for meeting and uh, it's great to see you. And I'm sure I'll see you at some of the ASHP upcoming activities over the next few months. Are you a delegate to the House? I am as part of my role with the section. Yep. So RDCs are coming up. I don't know which one you plan to attend, uh, but I will be at probably the Baltimore ones. Um, Okay. I haven't decided yet. Usually it's Baltimore or Chicago for me. Um, okay. I like to like to not go to Chicago because you know I talk yeah. to these folks all the time. Baltimore yeah. is a little further away, different mix, different uh, inputs and whatnot. But we'll see, we'll see. Maybe I'll catch you at an RDC. Yeah, that sounds great. Well, at least uh, for summer meeting for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Awesome. We'll, we'll see you then. We have a great day. Okay. You likewise. Good talking to you. Thanks, man. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Unscripted Podcast. If you love it, please subscribe, rate, and review anywhere you listen to podcasts.